one of the things we emphasize here at Catch the Fire Myrtle Beach is that God has given five special gifts to build up the body of Christ. The apostles and prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. And we love all five of those gifts working together. We're a family, and we work together as a family. That's why we love to see such a range of different people, different ages, different backgrounds, different experiences. But today we have a very special treat, and it's partly why we've... Uh, arranged our time in this way because our friend here, Fount Schultz, has uh, been really digging deep into the scripture for truth on the glory of God, the Shekinah glory. And as soon as he started telling Jane and me about what he's been discovering, right, we have to make room for this to be imparted to all of us. And so we've arranged for Fount to come one Sunday a month for the next few months. So this is just a beginning this morning, uh, but I, I promise you it's going to be a good beginning. Um, the teacher gift is all about truth and transformation. And so as you listen to Fount and as Fount brings God's life through his word to us, I want you to expect to be changed and not just to have your head filled. Okay, He is going to touch your head, but he's going to touch your heart as well. So, Fount, come on up. Let's give Fount a huge welcome. And take your time, sir. Fill us with life. <laughs> Thank you. I've really been looking forward to this. When I <laughs> Thank you. When I'm working on deeper understanding of the scriptures. I need somewhere to say it to people who are listening because I understand it more deeply myself as I share it. So open your ears so I can learn something. Okay. Shekinah glory. I think probably most of you uh, perhaps all of you are aware of the phrase Shekinah glory. It's um, the word Shekinah, and I'm just going to start with definitions. That's what teachers do. They define things. Uh, the word, let's just start with glory. The word glory means heavy, literally. And as I was thinking through this, even many years ago as I was studying this, I remembered a game that we used to play as a child. Uh, it's been so long I don't remember much about the game, but heavy, heavy hangs over thy head. Uh, and there are probably a few people who remember that game. But I remembered that because whenever you're in the presence of the Lord, there is a heavy that is hovering over you. You may or may not sense the heaviness. You may not feel it, but it is there. Okay? So the word glory literally has the idea of heavy and the word impressive in the sense that when it comes, it impresses you. And I want to divide that word M is into and press. Something is pressed into you when the heavy of the Lord 
comes. So that basically is the definition of the word glory. Now it's usually connected with the shining face and so forth. We'll talk about that uh, another month. That, I mean, there's a lot. I could spend 29 months on this, but probably will not end up doing that. So the heavy of the Lord, it's been here. But it, when I, uh, I want to look at the word Shekinah. It comes from the Hebrew verb to dwell in a tent. It's interesting that even in the Greek language, when Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, the word for dwell there is to live in a tent. And Paul talks about our physical bodies as temporary dwellings. And he even calls it a tent. And someday we will put aside the tent that we live in and we will enter into our permanent dwelling. Whatever that means and whatever that will be. I am not a future teller, so don't ask me. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Actually, I have an idea, but I'm uh, probably not totally right. Okay. Shekinah, the word Shekinah is never used in Scripture. Where does it come from? Well, the idea, the concept is in the stories. And so we're going to look at some of the stories in the Bible where God showed up in his glory. And we're going to understand that is what we're talking about when we talk about the Shekinah glory. Now, I take this word of living in a tent and I made up a word. Intentment. Living in a tent, you're in a tent. Meant. And it is related to the word incarnation. Is in flesh nation, in flesh nation, whatever that is. But living in the flesh, and we are all living in the flesh. Is anyone here not? <laughs> Dumb question. We're all living in the flesh. We are incarnate. The question is, what you, what are you an incarnation of? And your behavior and your attitudes tells me what you are incarnated with. All right. So th this is all just introduction and trying to define things so we'll know what we're talking about when we move on. So where did this word Shekinah come from, really? It was developed during the exile. Most of you are probably aware the Israelites... Uh, through their continual worship of idols and neglecting the ways of God, refusing to listen to the voice of God, they ended up as a nation being taken captive into Babylon. Most of us are aware of that. While they were in Babylon, they realized that God had gone with them into Babylon. Whenever the, uh, the Assyrians... And the Babylonian army, when they destroyed Jerusalem and burned the temple, they didn't burn God. Are you surprised? <laughs> they did not destroy God. They just destroyed the house that he chose to live in for most of the time. And I'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. So the Hebrew rabbis during the 
uh, intertestamental period, they did develop the idea of God went with us into, uh, into exile. Now what that tells me is that God has suffered because of the sins of man. He suffered his personal exile. God himself was exiled with us. We do not worship a God who does not feel with our feelings. He feels as we feel. He hurts when we hurt because we're his kids and when he sees us hurting, he hurts too. Now we could turn to the cross uh, just before the cross, my God, uh, my God, let this cup pass. I know this is going to hurt. And then on the cross, the pain with which he lived. And I believe the father was experiencing as much pain as the son. Watching his son die, that horrible death, affected the father as much as it did the son. So God goes into exile. He even goes into the grave in the person of Jesus Christ who is God in the flesh. And boy, that is exile. When you're in the grave, you are exiled from life. Now we could go on with that, but I think that's enough to basically uh, make the point. Uh, the, the Shekinah glory is talking about God's willingness to go with us when we get in trouble. And to experience the same pain that we experience when we experience the result of doing what we should not have been doing. Are we making sense so far? Okay, that's introduction. Let's go to Exodus chapter 40, which is the story of uh, they just built the temple. They just erected the temple, put it together, the tabernacle actually, not the temple. Uh, and the glory of God came. And we're going to look at that text. But I'm going to start with verse 2. Uh, I'll actually start with verse 1. Chapter 40. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, in verse 2, The first day of the first month you shall erect, now notice this phrase, the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. Now, this is a phrase I had never noticed until this most recent study that I've done on the Shekinah. What was dwelling in the tabernacle? The tent of meeting was dwelling. What does that mean? What does that possibly mean? And so I began to look into that, and it's in the process that I began to share with uh, Mark and Jane about that, and they asked me to come share. So there, a lot of this is new to me. Some of it, uh, I, you know, I learned in college in the 60s, so it's not totally new. But the tent of meeting is mentioned in verse 7 again. The tent of meeting is uh, mentioned again in verse 12. The tent of meeting uh, is mentioned several times on the way. And there's the tabernacle and the tent of meeting. Now, in the past, I've read that, and I thought, yeah, that's the same thing, the tabernacle and the tent of meeting, same thing. But it's actually two different words. There is one word that is translated um, tabernacle, which is shokan, which is the, the noun, and then the shokanah comes from that, okay? 
So it's the tent, and in the Hebrew, it's the Mishkan. I don't have time to teach you Hebrew, but that's, that's just the way it is. Mishkan, uh, the Shakan, with an M before it, which means the place where that is. The, the M in the beginning of a word is the place word. Okay. So the Mishkan is what we call the tabernacle. And the tent of meeting, the word for tent there is a totally different word. It's ohel. Ohel moed, uh, the place of meeting. Underline the word meeting. That's where God comes to meet man. And where man comes to meet God. And uh, actually this concept of the tent of meeting precedes this particular story. I was surprised, uh, and I remember many years ago noticing this and uh, just, just being confused about what this is, but in, uh, in chapter 33 of Exodus, so we're going back while the tabernacle was being built. The tabernacle, the Mishkan, is not yet erected. Verse 7 of chapter 33. Moses used to take the tent, the tent, and the word there is, uh, is not Mishkan, tabernacle. The word there is Ohel, which is, a, well... Uh, and I can't say everything needs to be said, but uh, he used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. Now, the tabernacle is not yet built. What is this? I remember raising that question years ago as I'm teaching. Uh, I've talked through the, uh, the Pentateuch several times. But I remember wondering about that and may have even drawn attention to it without an answer for myself. And I'm not sure yet that I have an answer. So we have the tent of meeting and we have the tent of meeting outside the camp. Now where was Jesus crucified? Outside the camp. Now there's many parallels here which we don't have time to pursue. Uh, I mentioned them. Uh, if it strikes you, you can go work with it on your own. And it said in verse 9, when Moses entered the tent, and that's the Ohel, the, uh, the tent of meeting, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. So this presence of God preceded what we read of in chapter 40 where God came and the presence of God was so heavy in Exodus 40 that Moses, who had been able to go into the presence of God on the mountain, you remember that? And talk with God face to face. The presence in, uh, in Ezekiel, Ezekiel, where are we? Matthew, Mark, Exodus. Okay, Exodus chapter 40, the presence of God is so heavy that even Moses could not stand and could not go in to the tent of meeting. 
Now that's a pretty heavy presence when a man who has been there, lived there, and talked face to face with God can't go in. And I, I say there are levels of the presence of God. Some of us have experienced a small level. Some have experienced a heavier level. But the deeper you go, the heavier it gets. And there's a time when you can no longer stand. You fall to the ground. All right. Stand outside and the Lord would speak with Moses and with all the people. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance. The visual of the glory of God is a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night, which we all recognize as that which was with them in the Exodus. So we can take this idea of the Shekinah all the way back to the Exodus before there was a tabernacle and before there was a tent of meeting because God dwelt in the people. Boy, go work with that one for a while. He talked with him uh, in verse 11, face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. How much time did Joshua spend in that place? Where man meets God and God meets man. Much time. Okay. So that actually, uh, the concept of Shekinah is there in the stories. The word is not used, but in the stories it's there. And, and I've read you several of the stories. There are others which we may or may not have time for. Uh, I want to go back to chapter 19 and chapter 19 and 20. Two chapters. And this apparently is even before they built what is called the tent of meeting. They just got out of Egypt and they have arrived at Mount Sinai and God said to Moses in chapter 19, go tell the people of Israel, uh, you have seen, and, and I'm in verse 4, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you. Where did he bring them? Mount Sinai? That's not what the text says. It's true it was Mount Sinai, but where did he bring them? To himself. Boy, play with that one for a while. Jesus said, I'm going away. And when I go away, I will return and you will be where I am. I will bring you to myself. Where are you right now? I am with him and he is with me. I am an Ohel Moed. I am a place where God meets man, man meets God, and out from that meeting, God goes out to meet others as I come to them. Now, I'm not unique. Every one of you are the same thing. It's just we need to learn how to release what we have. When Jesus said, let your light so shine, your light is there. The Lord who is in you is the light of the world, and he lives in you. The problem is most of us 
are afraid we might criticize, be criticized if we let it shine. Oh, if people actually find out what I'm really thinking, you know, I've got to fit into the crowd. Well, fit into the crowd and miss what God's doing. Let your light shine, which means it's up to you to open up and allow it to come forth. Now, when you open up, you're vulnerable. Yeah. Someone might crucify you. They did the one who is the light of the world. And if you let your light shine, you just might get in trouble with some that you thought were your friends. Well, I'm not willing to take that chance. Okay, that's your choice. But you just walked away from God. The only one who can really carry you. Uh, I just noticed this morning, I'm, uh, I'm, I, it's just this, I can't stop reading this book. I keep trying to stop it. No, I don't. I don't try. Psalm 91, you all could probably quote it. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the reason I turn there is because just recently I noticed uh, in reading the Hebrew text itself, the word which is translated dwell is a word that means you spend the night on the way somewhere else. So we are having a night experience. But I am in, under the shadow of the Almighty when I'm spending the night. And how many of you have had some night times in your life? So we're beginning to see that the Shekinah glory is not necessarily a bright light. It may be a shadow. It's interesting, the idea of overshadow, which we could spend a lot of time with. It comes into the New Testament. The Spirit of God overshadowed Mary, and she got pregnant. That's some shadow. Peter's shadow. And the idea there is overshadow. When his shadow went over people in the street, they got healed. How many of you would like to have an anointing so heavy that when you walk by, just the very shadow heals people? Me too. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I, I want that. I want that. Well, how do you get it? That's another month. We'll get that. <laughs> Oh, I wish I had fast answers, guys. It's taken me 60 years to get this far. <laughs> so the concept of Shekinah is there in the stories. The glory preceded the erecting of the ta tabernacle. Uh, and the glory came in Exodus 13. We're going back a little farther. In Exodus 13... As they are getting, they're leaving Egypt and they come, remember they came to the sea and they're hemmed in and the Egyptian army is ready to attack. In uh, verse 21, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud and led them along the way by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel at night. We need to learn how to travel at night whenever you're having a night experience. 
And it says that, let's see, where is that text? It came between, that this uh, fire came between the Israelites and the Egyptians. So they're crying out in verse uh, 10 and following. Wish we were still back in Egypt. This is not so good. And Moses said, wait and see. And then in verse 19, the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved. Now all of a sudden I see that the Shekinah glory is the angel of God. Now, the concept of angel of God in the Old Testament is not an angel. It's God's personal presence on earth. As it is in heaven, if I could add that, you, you begin to see the picture here. God's, uh, God's desire is that we live here bringing heaven to earth. And the way we do that is by dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty or if we're living in a daytime under the cloud. Okay. I wish I could play with that, but once again. Okay. Uh, so, Exodus 13 and 14. The Lord, in verse 24 of chapter 14, in the morning watched the Lord in the the Lord, notice this: the Lord in the pillar of cloud. <laughs> the point is not the cloud, but He's in the cloud. Now on Mount Sinai, the cloud is not Him; He is in the cloud. Don't ask me what that means. The Lord in the pillar of the fire and of the cloud looked down so it was hovering and the Lord who was in the cloud who was in the fire looked down and saw Mason actually he saw more than Mason his whole family and all of his friends and all of you guys he saw us as he looks down from that place where he is hovering he looked down on the Egyptian forces, those forces that are trying to destroy your life. He's hovering and he's looking down. The Egyptians thought they were running away and they were afraid. They thought they were confused so they, and God was tricking them into chasing you. God tricks the enemy into chasing you, thinking you will come under the shadow and defeat the enemy. But we get so focused on the enemy sometimes, we don't notice the cloud. And we do not let our light shine because we're afraid they'll kill us if we let the light shine. And so we die spiritually. Or at least get very uh, ill. Okay, I think you're beginning to get that. Somewhere in this text, it's the phrase that uh, this Shekinah glory came between Israel, and I haven't noticed it here. Okay, so what have we done? And I'm 
pretty close to wrapping it up for today. Uh, what have we noticed so far? The glory of God is God himself on earth. Whether it is incarnation or intentment, he's here. You are a tent. He dwells in you. He's here. He was here before I came. But when I walked in, he showed up with me. <laughs> when you walked in, he showed up with you. Now, if you open up and let it shine, we will notice he came with you. <laughs> now, as they are building the temple, and this, this is one of the final things I want to notice, Actually, before that, I, I think I'll go ahead. Genesis chapter 15 is where God made covenant with Abraham, or Abram at that time. His name was not yet changed. And you'll remember that he went into a deep sleep. He uh, divided the animals according to the instruction. He went into a deep sleep. It was night. He was having a night experience. It was dark. A deep darkness fell over him. And I have known that deep, deep darkness personally. And many of you have as well. But God was doing something with him. And the text says that there was, that the Lord came a burning pot. Walked I didn't know pot, pots walked. A burning pot walked between the pieces of the animals that he had cut. And it's a fire that is walking between the pieces. And I'm suggesting that was the beginning of the whole concept of Shekinah glory, fire, presence of God in the earth. That was the beginning of it. Or the history of ideas is very exploring. How ideals change from generation to generation. That's an exciting study. But here, we have the fire walking through the pieces in a covenant with God making an oath. By myself, I swear, he said. What, what was the covenant? The, the words of covenant, which have been discovered by the archaeologists who have dug up texts where other people used to do these kinds of covenants, the words of it would be, may it be as you walk between the pieces, making a covenant, may it be unto me as it is these animals if I do not keep this covenant. That's actually an oath that was taken as the people coming into covenant walk through the pieces. So here's God himself. May it be done to me just as it is to this if I do not keep my covenant with this people. Now that covenant cost him a lot. He had to go into captivity and he had to eventually go into the grave to keep his covenant. 
but he did keep it. So there's the challenge. Become intentment. Become an incarnation of the presence of God. Consciously, you already are. If you're born again, you already are. We just need to become conscious of it and begin to walk it. Walk it. Fully expecting stuff to happen when you walk in a room. Now, I've walked in many rooms where nothing happened. Probably some of you have had the same experience. In fact, I've prayed for a lot of people that didn't get healed. Huh? I was just trying to live out from the covenant that I have with him. And apparently there's something that I was missing. And there are so many explanations of why that would be. But there have been times when I prayed, whammo. I remember one experience. I remember several. But the one that comes to my mind, uh, there's a prayer line. And basically, uh, I'm just praying the same prayer for everyone. Uh, Just presence of the Lord come. Presence of the Lord come. Just very simple prayer. And I'm going down the line. And there's one lady which was taller than me, and it's amazing how many women are taller than I am. <laughs> Almost, but not quite as tall as Jane, but she was, she was up there. And I was reaching to put my hand on her forehead as I had done on everyone else. My hand did not come within 10 inches of her forehead. Now watch me. She fell backwards turned a flip, and rest, uh, landed with her head at my feet. Now, when you fall backward, how is your head going to end up here? How did she do that? I don't know. But I'm looking, I saw her go back, and then here's her head right here. I, I don't know. And she began to thrash and back and forth, and the local pastor posted a couple of deacons on each side so she wouldn't knock someone down because she was really thrashing. And one of the people sitting beside the pastor said, uh, that's not God. No, that's Susie. (laughs) The question is, what is Susie responding to? Yes, that's right. Question is not, is this God? Question is, Why is she thrashing? What's happening? So the pastor said to the person who had said that to him, let's just wait and see. Well, after it's all over, the meeting is over, he talked to the lady. She had very serious epilepsy and she was healed. Healed of epilepsy. I didn't even know she had epilepsy. I just had, Lord bless her. Wow. Doesn't look like a blessing. Sometimes when you pray for people, their response doesn't look like an answer to your prayer. We just have to learn to live with that. Learn to live with that. I love you, brother. God has got his hand on you. I don't know who you are, but oh, and right beside you. Watch out. Okay. I can't start prophesying over everyone, but
the golden calf. Right in the middle of the building of the tabernacle, or the receiving instructions on the top of the mountain. He was up there 40 days. He neither ate nor drank for 40 days. What did he find when he came down? The people had come to Moses. We don't know what happened to Moses, the man who brought us out of Egypt. Let me read the text. That was their perspective. Moses did that. And we don't know what happened to Moses, so we're going to have to take things into our own hands. By whose schedule was he late? By their schedule. Okay. So Moses came down. You know the breaking of the tablets and, and all the stuff that happened there. And he went back up. And it's as he went back up that we have the text where he spoke with God face to face. And I have no idea how you can speak to God face to face without being zapped. <sighs> so what's the point in all of that? The point is, what is this little tent where God dwells as a meeting place, God with man, man with God, and God with men who come to the man? The God who is in you, there for those who come to you. What are you here for? Are you here for yourself? I just want a good time. Brother Founce, a good teacher. Let's go hear this good teaching. Well, it's a good teaching. But if that's your goal, you need to repent. You must be here for others. That's what the Ohel Moed, the dwelling, the meeting place is not just for you. The meeting place is for those he brings into your presence. Yes. Those who come with problems, those who come with issues, those who come with questions. Yeah, be there as the meeting place. Meet with God as you meet with them. As I said that, I remember a story that's um, it's in the Bible. You remember where Joshua spoke to the sun and it stood still? If you read that text carefully, it says that Joshua spoke to the Lord and said to the son, <clears throat> if you don't speak to the Lord before you speak to the mountain, be removed into the sea. Yeah. If you don't speak to the Lord first, your speaking to the mountain is powerless. So Joshua spoke to the Lord. And we don't know what that conversation was, but obviously the Lord said, uh, well, we need a few more hours to finish this thing, so just ask me to stop the sun. Okay, I can do that. Stop, sun! And astrologically, 
there are those who understand what happened at that time. I don't have time to go into that, studying of uh, astronomy and the history of astronomy. But I have a friend. He just passed recently, but he was a very good friend of mine for many years, who was uh, a physicist, and he was in charge of the Apollo mission, in charge of everything in the Apollo mission. And he said, when we took the trip to the moon, we had a soft landing on the moon. When the Russians went to the moon, they had a very hard landing on the moon. And he said, the reason is, into our programming, we included a missing 24 hours. <laughs> There's 24 hours wow. missing, and as the stars move, through his, I have no idea how they know that. But he knew that and programmed it into the moon landing. And so they were able, because they knew that 24 hours later, the moon is going to be here instead of there. So they were able to have a soft landing. Oh boy, we could go on. I really think, Mark, we just need to worship for a while.